All right, hello, welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is the Rioters Review. My name's Stephen Hill. His name's Renfrey Deadman. Hello. <laughs> I felt like I gave you such a good, big... Here he is, the man of the moment, uh, the queen of the castle, well, Renfrey Deadman, and you just went, uh... <laughs> I'll take both of those things. I just, I just didn't have anything else to say apart from that, apart from hello, how are you, Steve? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks, mate. You don't have to ask. Don't worry about it. If you don't care, if you're not interested, then don't worry about it. We've, we've already, I'm fine. We've already recorded a weekly show. I mean, I've been through all of that, you know. So Yeah, yeah. I know. But they don't know that, do they? I know. But, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. Got to do it every time. Um, right, good. Wow, you're in a good mood. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm <laughs> looking fine. forking to this. I'm fine. <laughs> Um, The Rioters Review, for those of you who are new to the podcast, is something that we like to do over on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast. For any amount of money, any numeration that you choose to give us, you become one of our patrons. We're very, very grateful for any money we receive. Minimum one pound. Minimum one (laughs) one pound. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. come on. and for a minimum of one pound, you get uh, access to these Rioters reviews. You get to suggest an album to us if you are a patron. Uh, we will get that list. We'll get through them all eventually, hopefully. And um, me and Renfrey just have a chat about your suggestions and uh, we kind of dissect the record. Um, if you would like to hear something more than that, why not go over to um, the five pound tier? where you can hear Renfrew and I doing the classic album series. So we talk about some of our favourite records for far longer than we're about to be talking about this record. Um, if you're listening to this, just because it's come out for free on our free page, we do put them out eventually. This has been around for fucking ages, oh, this 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 podcast. It's just so old. You are so behind. It's embarrassing. But welcome. Um <laughs> patreon.com forward slash right at get on the get on the case just like our man elliot holt did elliot holt has suggested truth is a beautiful thing by the band london grammar an album that came out on the 9th of june 2017 um that's not that long ago renfrey it's not long ago at all it's three years ago as we record this although for those freeloaders it's probably about 15 years ago but yes indeed it's not very long ago yeah so um i think we the 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 newest one of these that we did was part viper by 68 the 68 <laughs> which came out in 2017 as well right that sounds right yeah okay good well um <laughs> I, i'm in I'm a perfectly sure fine mood i just <laughs> no no i'm i'm not saying you're not i'm just yeah. saying that you know give me a little I, I, I can't remember exactly when the album came out, but basically this is one of the newer records that we are doing. And it comes from quite a different um, sphere from what we, we usually would do. Um, London Grammar are not the type of band that we would often cover because they're very current and they're immensely popular, um, which is... <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. Not the sort of thing two grizzled old rock hacks would normally chat about, is it, Renfrew, no, to be fair? No, it isn't. It isn't. This does feel like a little bit out of our range. Although, having said that, there are many similarities with music that we do cover, I think, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, mm. Just looked up Two Parts Viper and it came out June 2nd, 2017. So, yes. Ah, right. Okay. So, this actually... 
Yeah, it is, it's the second newest. Fair enough. Um, London Grammar, for those of you who don't know, are an English indie pop band from Nottingham who formed in 2009. Um, I... I'm aware of at this point of the success of London Grammar. Um, I think probably if you are one of our more um, metally listeners, you probably think you don't know who London Grammar are. I can almost certainly assure you that you have heard London Grammar. You definitely have. Even if it's just their cover of Wicked Grain by Chris Isaac, which was used in Peaky Blinders. Yeah, Peaky Blinder. You like that? You like that show? I've never seen it, but now Me neither. I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> just like the accent. Yeah, Peaky Blinder. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> yeah, Scottish, right? Something like that. <laughs> I've never seen it. Apparently it's great though. I probably should watch it because it's right up my alley, that kind of thing. I like Godfather. Mm, yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Not really, I don't think. But I once annoyed somebody because I said that I don't like Game of Thrones because I don't like period dramas like Heartbeat. And it's just... I can <laughs> Oh, mm. Game of Thrones, Downton Abbey, Heartbeat. It's all the same to me, mate. <laughs> all the fucking same. Anyway, let's talk about London Grammar. So yeah, London Grammar, kind of English indie pop band. Um, very much of the sort of dream pop, trip hop, electronic, uh, kind of um, more artsy side of pop music, I would say. I'd, I'd, say, I'd say? say art pop. That's what I was about to yeah. say. But you said I, I artsy that, side of pop, which is basically the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. So um, at, at present, they have two records. If you wait, their debut album from 2013. Um, you don't need to which, wait, they do, because it's already out. That's the beauty of doing yeah, these well, retrospectively. Exa- exactly. <laughs> were, were you aware of If You Wait when it came out? Because I believe that did quite well. And, and I was familiar with it. And I'll, I'll tell you why once you've answered my question. <laughs> I don't think I was aware of the album itself, but I was certainly aware of London Grammar to the point where actually I was quite shocked to learn that they only had two records. They were a band that Mm. I had assumed had been around for longer than that. Of course, they sort of have in a way because they took quite a long time between those two records, four years between them, five years between them. Yeah, that's right. Um, So they have been around a while, but, but yeah, um, it feels, I mean, based on this record alone, maybe um, it's quality over quantity. I don't know. Mm. Uh, but what do you mm. think of the first record, which I have not heard? Well, um, here's the story behind me and London Grammar, right? Sort of. Sort of the story behind me and London Grammar. So in 2013, so th- that first record um, became, I think it, it peaked at number two in the in the UK album chart. It sold... 33,130 copies in its first week. It's now sold over half a million copies in the United Kingdom, which is which is pretty fucking good, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, particularly simple. today. Yeah. I mean, that is that is pretty fucking good. And it came out on the um the 6th of September. Um now I don't know why they got big or you know where they came from, where the hype comes from. I think, you know, there, there tends to be with these sort of bands um they obviously have the backing of uh, Ministry of Sound, um, or well, it's it's Metal and Dust, which is a kind of an imprint of of Ministry of Sound. Ministry of Sound, obviously, quite a big thing. It's, right? it's their it's thing. their own imprint, I believe, because their EP is called Metal and Dust. 
So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. But it was kind of put out via Ministry um, of Sound. Yep. So obviously they got a big reach. Obviously somebody saw some sort of commercial potential in them. I can absolutely understand that. Um, I don't think I can remember quite how they got big or where they got big. All I remember is I uh, this album came out in September. Um, in 2013, this is quite personal, by the way, Renfrew. I should have prefaced all of this with that. Um, my girlfriend of five years at the time and I broke up in September 2013. And a couple of months down the line, I started going on dates with people, which is what you kids do, isn't it? And um, I don't tend to go... Or I. Well, no, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a, a girlfriend who's been sort of alternative or into metal or anything. I don't tend to date those those people for whatever reason. Not by design. It just doesn't happen. And so I went on quite a few dates with quite a few girls at the time. And when I told them that I was a music journalist, all of them, and I literally mean all of them. It was only like four or five people. But literally every single one of those five people turned around to me and said, oh, my God, have you heard London Grammar? I love them. Right now, I went, no, I don't have a clue who they were. And they went, oh, my God, you don't know who they are. And I thought, this is really weird that this band, who I've never heard of before, are clearly the the go-to band of sort of ditzy girls on Tinder. (laughs) That was (laughs) like, that that tended to, well, five out of five. Do you know what I mean? Literally five, every single person I spoke to, the first thing they said was London grammar. Now you can say like, oh, you're being really facetious and ridiculous in that sort of assertion. But I would say that if you speak to five people completely at random um, and all of the sort of similar age and of similar sort of social standing um, and they all turn around to you and say, oh, have you heard this band? Apropos of nothing. And that is the only band they offer up. That's quite a good indicator that that band have somewhat captured the zeitgeist, wouldn't you say? Oh, amongst, um, how did you describe them? Ditsy Tinder women? Obviously, yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe mm. that's the zeitgeist they're going for. Um, I have no idea. Um, or maybe it's just a coincidence. I have no idea. Um, but... Um, yeah, I can kind of understand why this band were a bit of a big sensation for a while. Um, it feels like we have quite a lot of this dream poppy type stuff. And obviously quite a lot of that dream pop type stuff is infiltrating metal at the moment, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose back in 2013, this probably would have sounded... I mean, really, dream pop's a, a retro thing, really. But it pro- probably didn't sound like it had been done for a long time at that point. It feels like we're really... There's a lot of it around at the moment. Not that I mind too much, because I tend to like this sort of thing quite a lot. Um, mm. But, um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm surprised and yet not surprised, weirdly. I'm kind of not surprised, because I think there's kind of two avenues that you can traverse if you are one of these bands you can be very odd you can be kind of deliberately obtuse angular odd you can present yourself in a way like i think sharon van etten's a good example Mm. of a pop star who is kind of an, an an odd i don't mean an odd person but is very i mean and she's getting a lot of 
you know a lot of success with what she's doing you know she's very commercially successful you can but her she still feels like I think it's weird to say that, you know, you can be a pop star and be odd. I mean, Lady Gaga's odd, isn't she? I think... Um, I mean, Lady Gaga's eccentric and odd, would, and she's been unbelievably successful. Would you put Fiona Apple in this um, category? I guess so, yeah. I guess you would. I mean, I think Fiona Apple has obviously been around a hell of a lot longer. So, and I, I do feel like this was... It's not a new thing at all. But when you look at the the sort of... The, the zeit to go back to what is kind of zeitgeisty and appealing to a number of i guess sort of i don't want to be shitty and call them like normies or whatever but the normal person who probably just listens to the radio or doesn't really pick up music magazines but will listen to stuff on spotify and if they hear something they like on a spotify playlist because it's popular might go out and then try and invest in will maybe invest in like three or four records a year yeah right yeah, now yeah, yeah. They're probably not going to buy Sharon Von Etten. No. Or Fiona Apple, to be fair. Or Fiona Apple, right? Mm. But so if you present yourself like that, I think you can be successful with hardened musos. Mm -hmm. And you can play this kind of dream pop stuff in a very idiosyncratic way and get critical acclaim without ever having to go on Sunday brunch yes do you know what i mean yes uh there is another way of doing it which is to cover chris isaac or bittersweet symphony like london grammar do um and you know that's that's not a bad thing to kind of reach for some sort of wide-reaching commercial success i don't think that's necessarily a inherently evil thing to do but i think if you're playing this type of music and you play it super straight and you look like you know they're a good they're in a, the, the three of them are very aesthetically pleasing quite normal looking quite unthreatening looking people and they've made a type of music which is unthreatening and quite nice to listen to it's not an absurd thing to think that that might appeal to normal people no i feel like you're going somewhere else with this i'm not sure if you are or not but um <clears throat> no i don't think i don't think there's nothing offensive about this music um no and it's on one relatively simple and not massively dynamic plane which which people who you know, by the odd record, three or four records a year tend to like. They like to things to sit middle of the road. Um, mm. But it is just, it is very pleasant when it's on. It's a, um, you know, it's a very pleasant lane to sit in, mm. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, I just think, you know, I, I just wanted to make the distinction between a band like, because it feels like we probably wouldn't have covered London Grammar unless we were told to whereas something like chelsea wolf we just naturally would gravitate towards right because that feels genuinely alternative whereas london grammar do feel like more like they're part of the mainstream and i guess listening to this record i was trying to kind of work out on a purely sonic level why that was because i'm not sure sonically they that it is quite uh, i mean like you say it does exist on a fairly straight musical dynamic but at the same time it's not an 
you know, it is an easy listen in terms of it's a nice listen. It's not necessarily an easy listen, I don't think, this record. I don't think it's like super catchy pop songs or whatever. Do you know what I mean? You've gone to exactly the same place as me, more or less. You've gone round a slightly different route, but you have gone the same place as me in terms of what is the big difference musically between this and Chelsea Wolf, for example. And I don't think that I think there are differences, but I don't think there's a massive purely musically i don't think there's a massive leap between the two um there's a whole sort of goth aesthetic and so on and so forth with chelsea wolf definitely less so with emma ruth rundle although i suppose there's a bit of that there as well there's a very goth vibe with aa williams um but you know this feels like a sort of just sort of cleaner variant of that kind of melancholy artistic pop really with a few less goth undertones. And generally, mm. I really liked it for the most part. Um, I think this album is a tad long. Yeah, it's pretty long. I, I think it stays in the... I think for... Uh, how long is it? 50 minutes? 55 minutes? 51 minutes. 51 minutes. 51 minutes. And then with the... You can get a deluxe bonus edition, which adds an, an extra 27 minutes to it. Yeah, the deluxe edition which... is well long um yeah. let's let's just pretend it's the normal version because i think that's how we should uh look at it um is maybe i think it would have benefited from maybe being 10 minutes shorter um mm -hmm. just because it does stay in more or less the same place for the majority of the record um however much i like that place um it's been described as a blend of ambient, ethereal and classical sounds with melancholy guitar, soaring vocals and plaintive lyrics. I mean, again, it doesn't sound a million miles away from a Chelsea Wolf or even closer to, say, a Louise Lemon, you know. Um, I was just about to bring up Louise Lemon yeah, and say, yeah. if anything, what, what's odd, you know, what <laughs> Louise Lemon is probably much prettier and easier to listen to i'd say than this i think i think yeah. this has a a, a a touch of gothicness and you know um the voice of uh, uh what's the the young lady's name hannah is it hannah welsh yes um, hannah something i think it is hannah welsh yeah it's uh, sorry hannah reed hannah i beg your pardon um the the lead singer uh has a very has that very kind of at points at very low kind of mm -hmm was it vibrato yeah 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 that kind of baritone baritone mm -hmm. um sort of low which can sound quite troubled if you like mm -hmm. yeah uh which louise lemon does not have yeah true I, there's, there's an argument to say that louise lemon is poppier and yet louise lemon is mm -hmm. playing roadburn festivals and uh I don't think London, London Grammar, Grammar the Brits. Yeah, I don't think London Grammar ever would. But but it's just sort of interesting at how close aesthetically those two music styles are, you know. Um I do tend to prefer the other stuff that we cover just because I think there's just a teensy bit more depth to it. Um but I wouldn't say this doesn't have depth to it. It's pop music with depth, definitely. Um I think my favorite song on here characteristically for me as it's the longest one is um Hell to the Liars uh six at six minutes long it just feels like 
it's the song that has the most room to breathe on the record. Mm. Although having said that, most of the songs on this album are around four and a half minute mark anyway. So most of them do have space to breathe. But I just think that's the most successful. But they all do sound relatively similar to one another anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that would be the big criticism for me is that yeah. they don't appear to be taking many risks. No. Um, really in terms of the music they make on this on this record. Which you know doesn't make it a you know it's not a it's not a bad thing and and music like this getting in the charts and being successful is is far better than fucking hell I don't know something like Post Malone I take this over Post Malone any bloody day of the week yeah for sure yeah you know um, I really I really like this I mean there's a there's a strong chance that I once we're allowed outside again I will pop out and pick this up especially if it's something that I can pick up for like a fiver from FOP which I'm assuming I can as it was quite a big release <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so you know next time I see it and it's like quite cheap I can just pick up the CD super super cheap I will probably do that because I enjoyed it enough to want to listen to it again um but I think there are there are you know, I would take Chelsea Wolfe and Emma Ruth Rundle and AA Williams over over them. But I you mm. know, really I don't I think there are quite big differences between all of those artists in some ways. But I can see also I can also see the connections as well. Yeah, I, I mean th- there definitely is I think it does just come down to to me, surely. Um I wonder how much bands like this kind of think about this stuff you know what i mean like where they sit within um where they sit within like giving a fuck about their commercial aspirations i feel like london grammar do give a fuck about their commercial aspirations yeah whereas i don't think chelsea wolf does yeah. i think that's the point i was trying to make i don't think that makes your you musically bad but i listen to this and I mean, you know, like John Hopkins worked on it. He's obviously a very, very well-respected producer in kind of electronic music. Um, so it's not, this isn't cobbled together shit, you know, like no. they, they clearly have, there's there's definite, there's absolutely, there's craft in this record. And there's lots of things that, that I really like about it musically, but the package as a whole, I can see why, you know, um, people from sort of our side of the fence would be skeptical about a band like this six singles from the record six singles from an 11 song album yeah you know that you know that <laughs> i mean i don't know if emma ruth rundle's ever released a single uh i think she has but yeah she'll release two from the record maximum mm-hmm. and you know They've sold their music to a lot of adverts and car company, you know, like car adverts and they're on TV a lot. And, you know, they've, as I said, they've covered Wicked Game. There's a cover on here of Bittersweet Symphony. Um, on, again, the, on the deluxe edition, there is. On the deluxe edition, What did yeah. you think of that I mean, all, um, Well, I kind of went, oh dear, because I've spoken a lot about just getting a song and going... Oh, if we play it with a really slowly with a piano and a, a sad girl sings it, like sad girl piano music, I fucking hate sad girl piano covers of every song. Um, it it definitely wasn't the worst one, but th- that formula has been repeated to add, you know, to 
ridiculous lengths at this point that I, I was a bit like, oh, here we go straight away. I mean, you can't take the fucking shaking vac advert or, <laughs> you know, or fucking, or like Mr. Blobby, the Mr. Blobby song and just play it slowly on a piano and go Ooh, over it and, and try and give it extra and, and just like gravitas will just rise up from it. Um, I mean, saying that Bittersweet Symphony is a song that was kind of a bit like that in the first place anyway. So I think it's yeah. not the worst pick or Wicked Game was kind of like that anyway. It's not like they're taking, you know, Sailor V by Bewitched and going, <laughs> oh, if you listen, if you listen to the lyrics, they're really, oh, this cover's really changed my opinion of the way this is like, no, it hasn't. It's just, you're a fucking idiot and well, you'll be seduced by any load of old shit if it just changes and manipulates you into thinking that. I, I quite liked it. <laughs> um, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. It, it is exactly what you're saying, but um, I just thought it worked quite well. Um, I haven't heard the Wicked yeah. Game cover, um, but I can imagine that working very well as well, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, London Grammar as well. Another thing, Renfrey, that makes but probably would make people go, they're not one of us. Um, you used to work for the Independent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just found something Independent. Um Back in 2014, David Cameron was asked who he would take to the United States to showcase British music. And he said, I really like London Grammar. I think they're brilliant. So if we could do that, I'd have them. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> David Cameron, I think it's a particularly controversial thing to say, is a fucking cunt. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And he doesn't like music, does he? Like, stop pretending you're a real human, yeah. David Cameron, and that you actually like music. He's seen the chart, hasn't he, David Cameron? And he said, I like London Grammar. But the fact that David Cameron was even able to mention London Grammar as a band that he pretends to like would make most people who are a little bit snobby, I guess, pretty sceptical about this band. Quite likely, yeah. Um, have I told you my David Cameron story? uh no you haven't i've met him. did you see him fucking a pig's head <laughs> i can't i can confirm nor deny uh no i've met him because um the drama school that i went to is in his constituency was it so They're yeah a special so... cunt night were they <laughs> <laughs> he came to visit the school uh and this was before he? he yeah this was before he was prime minister and i so before he arrogantly ruined the country. You mean. <laughs> so uh, I was one of the people, I did a scene from a play, we, the Arthur Miller play we'd just done called The American Cock. And yeah, had a quick chat with him about acting and stuff and looked mm. at his ham face and was like, huh, mm. he might be our next prime minister. And didn't have massively strong feelings one way or the other at the time. Although I do no, now. I, I do probably now. didn't at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely do now yeah 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 yeah. poor old london grammar getting sidetracked by <laughs> crap piano ballads mm. and fucking david cameron i think for what it's worth um and one of the singles oh woman oh man i think is really really great and the ones looking at the actual writing and recording um of this record why i think london grammar are a good band who have probably been i think there's there's nothing you know that i don't dislike this record i think it's good i think it's like there's there's some good stuff on it oh woman oh man is good there's one producer and it's written by the band 
you look at the writers and there are many extra writers thrown in there are lots of different producers throughout the record as is the kind of norm with with successful you know big moneyed pop acts at this point the point and you know that the time where they work the best it seems to be all when i look at it most of the songs i mean rooting for you is good the opening song two producers i think big picture is good as well which and that's got john hopkins in and um you know you mentioned um hell to the liars which is um produced by the band themselves right. and written by the band themselves and doesn't have anyone else kind of muddying it up i don't say any, you know it's particularly muddied up this record but but certainly i think it the songs that I look at and go, oh, they're the best ones, appear to be the ones that have had the least amount of interference from anyone else in. That says a lot. So maybe it's a too many cooks situation. Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not saying for a second that this band aren't very good or this album's crap or they're sellouts or they're, do you know what I mean? But I think it's just interesting to go, I wonder what it was about, like, you do it all the time, don't you? Like we did it with Black Midi. Why them? Why yeah, them? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I definitely think there are better examples out there. Um, but I do like it. But I think overall, uh, you know, they may have got a new fan. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be going to their shows or anything. Do you think they'll play the Black Heart at any point? Probably not. But uh, if they do, you... You might meet David Cameron again. I'll be front row <laughs> at the Black Heart. Um, out of curiosity, what sort of venues do they play? Do you know? I would imagine they play arenas, right? That big? I, I, well, I don't know. I'm going to have a look. Um, I can have a look right now if you want. I mean, they were going to play Glastonbury, but they've had to cancel that. Oh, um, wow. There's an arena in Belgium. Oh, two nights at that arena in a row. Le Zenith and France. Yeah, they're pretty big. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Palladium in Cologne, Germany. I've been there. That's a big venue. AFAS in Amsterdam. I've been there. That's about 18,000 people. The Olympia Theatre in Dublin. That's massive. Saw Pearl Jam there. It was one of the best days of my life. Brixton Academy. Uh-huh. Brixton Academy. There we go. Brixton, Brixton Academy. Academy. Yep. Well, you know. 30th um, of October 2017. So that's three years ago. I think if they came back, I mean, they, this was nominated for this record was nominated for multiple Brits, I believe. Um, I will, and be six- I'm just going to put this in as well. Um, nine days previous, they played the Hammersmith Apollo. So they played the Hammersmith Apollo and Brixton Academy on the same tour, both gigs in London. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, I mean, you look at their positions throughout the world. It's again, America doesn't really seem to go for it. It doesn't really seem to go for this stuff full stop really uh then he got to 129 on the billboard chart there number one in the uk number one in scotland um number four in switzerland number one in belgium number three in australia number two in france number three in ireland top 10 in new zealand and portugal um in france and i've said france in holland and germany as well i mean they they're pretty big Mm. all over the world Mm. um and they do feel like I would say I kind of want to say sort of an outlier to what is popular in popular music in general, because I don't feel like loads of this stuff gets massive, massive, massive. I can't really think of anyone else who is that big, like number one album big. 
no, ne- no doing this no no yeah not at all which is really encouraging so, i think i think that's yeah. awesome um mm. it, it it's and the previous the first album in 2013 got to number two in the uk as well so that's that's pretty big you've heard that have you mm. i've heard bits of it when i was invited back to my date's house but um <laughs> how did that compare to this <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> should i not be asking were you busy um, whilst you were listening to it no 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 no. i did listen to it um yeah i did listen to that first album i can't really remember i remember look, it was 2013 i was 2013 it was metal i was into metal i wanted metal then do you know what i mean i was fully metal uh, I probably wasn't listening to this sort of thing at all. So I didn't really have anything to compare it to. And also, you know, this is, I think the whole point of this like podcast is, well, not the whole point of this podcast, but, but my whole thing is um, you can't help but be a little bit sceptical when bands are getting played on, you know, Saturday Kitchen and Soccer AM and those sort of things. I'm always a little bit like, hmm, where did you come from? So I think I was probably listening to it with a sceptical ear, whereas listening to, um, you know, that's the, the first record. Um, I was probably listening to it uh, with a sceptical ear, whereas Truth is a Beautiful Thing I came to without with a much more open mind, if you like. Yes. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to- do you want to react to that at all? I said all right? yes. I did think about saying, <laughs> I did think about saying something about open legs when you said open mind, but I decided not to. Oh, I'm very glad you you, you didn't. Although you sort of have anyway. Maybe it's my fault for like pushing you in that direction. It was nothing like that, Renfrew. You can hang out with people. It's fine. It's not like I. Oh, for Christ's sake. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah, man. It was. Um. I think this is pretty good, this record. It's far better than I expected it to be. I did kind of... Are you still laughing at your own <laughs> non-joke? Um, it's far better than I expected it to be. And like I said, I'm glad that this kind of thing exists and can get to number one. I just kind of wish more of it did, really. I wish I understood the mindset of someone who would get this to number one and then either not be aware of or not be interested in finding stuff out that's like it to but is better than it to to kind of make that big as well do you know what i mean i just don't think i don't think the sort of people who made this record go to number one seek out music in that manner they probably don't do they no. but then how did this get to number one in the <clears throat> that, being that, on peaky blinders that's the, yeah well yeah quite possibly that's a little bit of a chicken egg situation but it always confuses me it always you know it always um it, it always gets me asking questions and I go into full Columbo mode when, when this sort of thing happens. I mean, TV is almost certainly the, the way, isn't it? You know, if it had been on Peaky Blinders, that show is fucking huge. Um, mm. They had been on, did you say they'd been on adverts as well? I think they have. Yeah. You know, it's going to be television and you've got Shazam these days. You hear a song, you quite like it, you Shazam it. Ah, it's London Grammar. I'm going to check that out. And now, boof, they're arena size. Mm. that's gone bust now though shazam that's actually gone bust it doesn't exist anymore yeah got bought out by itunes right and then was it itunes yeah got bought out by itunes and itunes just went no but apple bought it and went right we're getting rid of you now we're gonna do our own thing what idiots 
bloody Apple. Yeah, you can only, will only recognise the song if it's on Apple Music. Okay. I mean, that's that's a lot of songs, to be fair, but it's still annoying. Not, it's not anything from Typo Negatives Dead Again. So you know, what I mean, if you heard, if you heard "Tripping a Blind Man" mm. on the stereo one day, you're like, "This is pretty good." Oh, Apple Music Shazam this, and it would go, "No, why don't you just listen to something that's on Apple Music instead?" <laughs> Which I think is pathetic, Renfrey. I think that is a violation of our human rights. Do you know the Big app- Brother has taken over? This might be worth mentioning anyway, actually, because it's really fucking cool. So well done to you if you've got to the end of this. Um, do you know the app Soundhound? No, I don't. Soundhound is basically Shazam, except you can actually sing into it. So you can sing a melody into it um, and it will try and pick up what the song is. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. It actually works works surprisingly well. Because I heard that and I was like, that's going to be a fucking clusterfuck. It's all right. Did did Would that app be able to tell Vince Neil what song Vince Neil was singing? <laughs> and give... <laughs> absolutely Vince Neil would sing his own song that he is singing on today and there we go sorry mate I don't think that's a song they come up with Gigi Allen or something probably. <laughs> come up with Crazy Frog and Scatman John at the same time anyway nothing to do with London Grammar I'm really sorry London Grammar I feel like we have um well no actually we have spoken about it quite a lot it's a good record this I think it's quite a good record um I really like but it. I'm very I really like I'm it. Yeah, I'm just kind of skeptical about bands like this. I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why. It's because I think you've got to do. I think I think they could be a really, really good, interesting um, band, and they'll have a third album coming out presumably because they're still together. Mm-hmm. If they were going to play Glastonbury this year, yeah. If they were going to play Glastonbury this year, I assume they're they're running up to a new album. So yeah. So I I don't want them to make another album that sounds like this. I want them to make something which is more experimental and more interesting than this. Do you know what I mean? If they I get the three albums, they've just done three albums worth of this, then yeah. that to me then suddenly goes, okay, you just want to sell lots of records and be famous. And you're I not agree. really interested in, 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 in your art or if you've got people pushing you in that direction. They do not need to write another album that sounds like this. They can experiment and they can do something interesting with their sound. They've got, I think they've probably got the ability and they've got someone with a voice who could carry lots of different moods and different styles and could take them into other areas and directions. And if they do that, they would absolutely win me over. So I think the jury is slightly out on London Grammar because if we get another album of kind of plinksy plonksy piano covers, I would just go, ah, you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're not in it for the right thing. I don't think. I'd not considered that at all, but I think now that you've said it, I think you're completely right. Yep. I think I think a third album, assuming the first album does sound like this, and to be honest, I assume it does. It kind of does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it, yeah, a third album of this would be a bit like, okay, you're a bit of a one-trick pony, aren't you? Um, but we'll just have to see, won't we? I mean, a lot of bands we'll do change. We'll wait and see. Yeah, a lot of bands mm. do change quite significantly on their third album. I think of a band like Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's. Uh, had a significant change on their third album. The only one I can think of off the top of my head. Uh, but there, were, <laughs> there are times when bands significantly change on their third record. So yeah, mm. uh, I'm looking so. at their week. I'm looking at like when, it, when, and if a new album is meant to be out, and it doesn't seem to to be any. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be any um, mention of it at all. So we'll see. 
But anyway, um, thank you to Elliot Holt for giving us a new album to listen to. We picked that just to do something different, and I hope we did it some sort of justice. Yes, I hope so too. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, go over to patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast. Sign up. You can suggest an album. We've got loads and loads and loads to do. I think we're going to be doing the likes of Pavement, Ulva, Million Dead, um, Bjork, uh who else i said pavement didn't i slint glass jaw um yeah we got we got a load that we'll be getting through but feel free to add as many as you like this should probably be a conversation for off mic but we got um slint spiderland a couple of days ago and i really want to do that one yeah yeah we'll we'll do we'll do that or we'll we've just done london grammar quite badly so i'm sure we'll do spoon all right anyway simet um we'll be back soon thank you very much for listening thank you very much for your contribution i'm out so is rem3 go on uh, uh, yes yes i am out too <laughs>